You are listening to the Mount Rushmore Podcast. My name is Jeff, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friends Richard. Hello. And Michael. Howdy. Richard and Michael, you know how they be. They like to debate, deliberate the Mount Rushmore of any given topic, and this week's topic is the Mount Rushmore of TV shows that went on for way too long. Richard chose it. Why did you choose it? Um, I think... I believe that I was making a reference at one point to one of the shows I'll be talking about. Yeah. And it just got me thinking about other shows that had been on for too yeah. long. Uh, not to be suspect that this podcast has gone on for way too long, but I believe we might have at some point discussed the Mount Rushmore of Jumping the Shark. Have we done that? Hmm. Hmm. I think a couple of episodes, some people would say that it's gone on far too long. <laughs> yeah, so okay. whether we have or not. Right. It's yeah. Well, I would. I don't, I don't necessarily think they are two separate things. I mean, or two. I, the I don't, same I, thing. Yeah, I think we can delineate between jumping the, two. the shark. Just seems to reference when a show just kind of goes off the rails and is just not the show that it used to be. Yeah. A show which can, going, which a can sh- be a symptom yeah. of the show going yeah, too long, yeah, yeah. but not necessarily. Yeah. There are other yeah. symptoms of a show going on. And it could too also long. be a a stand a standout episode that is the indicator of why that sh- <laughs> when that show is kind of turned sour. For sure. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Richard chose the topic, so Michael starts the dis- well, the discussion. Well, of course, I'm going to start with Happy Days. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Happy days. A little on the nose, but <laughs> sure. But it's not for the j- jumping the shark reasons okay. that Jeff mentioned. It's because at some point, um, people grow out of a show and shows yeah. change. The show that was about Richie Cunningham and Potsy mm-hmm. and Ralph Malf and oh yeah, to his wacky, wacky his, high school adventures. Yeah, uh, and you know, to some extent, Fonzie became a show where Fonzie started getting more popular, but also. You know, Ron Howard started growing up, and he wanted to go move on from being Richie Cunningham. Mm-hmm. And in in like the eighth season or tenth season, eighth season, like nineteen eighty, you know, still playing a show that's about twenty years before. Yeah, he and Ralph Mouth leave the show. Yeah, actor that played uh, Ralph, I can't remember his name right now. Is that Donnie? Donnie Most. Most. Donnie sure. Most. Yeah. They go and join the army as one does, <laughs> and the show becomes. It gets transitioned to a show about. Uh, Fonz and a show about Chachi yeah. and a show about uh, you know Joni, yeah. Richie's little sister. Mm-hmm. And at that point, what was endearing about the show was it was a show about this one character, and it starts to transition to something else. Even though it still has these elements, yeah. And I think those are the clues that eh, maybe the show went too long, and maybe it was a year or two before this that Fonzie literally jumped the shark on yeah. his motorcycle or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the death knell of the show. Not the, necessarily the death knell. That's not when the show probably should have ended, but probably a good turning point is Richie leaving. Yeah. And that, that's, I think that's a, a one that's not universal, but at least that we can say is a typical sign that the show has now reached its past its expiration date. Yeah. It's when the main character is, leaves... And they decide, well, we're going to keep on going with the show. Yeah. It almost never works. I mean, I'm sure we can come up with exceptions to the rule, Mm -hmm. but they are exceptions to the rule 90% of the time. Once the main character leaves, it's time to shut it down. I think, too, there was some other moments on the show where, you know, it was predominantly set in 1950s Milwaukee or the suburbs of Milwaukee. And... uh, they started, you know, the show started aging. You can tell when, like, the hairstyles of the characters change, and they don't, it stops feeling like 1955. Yeah. They made a big change um, in one season, one late season, is they burned down Al's diner so that they could update it to something that doesn't look like the 50s and something <laughs> that looks like the 60s. Yeah. So they wrote an episode just about, like, doing a set redo mm-hmm. and a redecoration that just kind of reflected a a change of you know it's almost like watching Mad Men you know how sure. it transitions from the 60s to the 70s and yeah. it just starts feeling weird it's like this isn't the office that was endearing and, and mm-hmm. interesting it's something strange and I think the same thing kind of happened is like oh this isn't the 50s diner this is now this something something else yeah you know I in terms of permutations, that show had a few permutations from the initial 
version. From what I understand, um, it was designed to be, or at least he thought it to be, Tom Bosley thought himself to be the center of the show. It was about, it was like a father knows best type of show where Tom Bosley was kind of the the, <laughs> the Fred McMurray or uh, the Danny Thomas of the Tom thing. Tom Bosley was a fucking yeah. idiot. Yeah. and Agent, I d- Agents will say anything to get you well, to yeah, I guess that, the contract. Well, I think he resented the fact that this kid, uh, Henry Winkler, was kind of stealing a show and the audience was responding to this guy. Uh, so This 30-year-old kid. Yeah. So it almost sounds like it did <laughs> an initial permutation to get to the success that it was when they kind of found their stride with uh, Fonzie and the gang, mm-hmm. you know? So it's kind of funny that that did that. And and was it that you were talking, you were describing at its end that seemed to be teeing up for Happy Days 2000 with uh, Joni Loves Chachi and... Yeah, it just became, kids. it yeah. seemed to turn into a springboard for yeah. other things. I mean, you know, at some point, yeah, Fonzie became a teacher. Yeah. And that's like, well, yeah. I guess yeah. so. You know what I think this puts a fine point on is that this debate... Uh, is driven by our questioning of the artistic values of the show when the reality is television, at least almost all the shows that some of the people and uh, we did, we did crowdsource some answers. Television is an advertiser's medium. (laughs) It's, it's networks trying to sell something that Ford or uh, Johnson and Johnson. (laughs) Sure. They make their money off of advertising. Yeah. So it's not about what's artistic, value it's of of economic value it's also i i think you know a show that's successful that can remain on the air for 10 12 seasons um at some point it stops becoming the thing that you remember it yeah that it was and it becomes something that you wish you wanted it to be yeah yeah and i think that's they weren't all happy days they were not <laughs> indeed okay man Freddie. all right so my first one is the show that kind of got me thinking about this and it is the NBC sitcom Wings. Wow, Wings. Okay, cool. The, this and this is sort of my go-to show whenever I want to mention a uh, mediocre but long-running sitcom. Yeah, I, I that's what I think of when I think of Wings. Okay, the show was on for eight seasons. Eight seasons. Wow, this thing was on. It was on, and it was on during the must-see TV, you know, prime viewing mm-hmm. period believe it was on right after cheers for a good portion of of its time one of those nice shows that you could sandwich in between something that you would pick up the viewers from yeah the earlier viewing to the second one or between cheer or between like seinfeld and er right yeah. you're gonna get you're gonna get some part of an audience because mm-hmm. of that they're mm-hmm. just gonna hang around yeah as long as you don't move them to like friday nights they're fine yeah well as soon as they go to friday nights they're dead because mm-hmm. they're they don't have a built Nobody was like, you know what my favorite show is? Wings. Wings. I sure love the wacky adventures of those two brothers. Uh, let me Pause, check. Pausing to look up. Joe his- and <laughs> Brian, because nobody would remember that. Um, um, yeah. Was that a show? Was was Wings technically a spinoff of Cheers? Yes. Or, or it, okay. it at least was. I don't know that it was a spinoff. It was at least set in the same universe. Is that okay. right? So, like when the, che- Sa- the Dark Cheers universe, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so every once in a while, like Sam Mayday Malone would show up because he's uh-huh. taking a vacation to yeah. Nantucket, and so he'd show up and they'd have a wacky adventure. And mm-hmm. okay, that sounds familiar. Yeah, and had a great cast. Oh yeah. See, mm-hmm. I think of like that's when we met Tony Shalhoub and uh, yeah, Brian and Thomas Hayden Thomas Church. Thomas Church. Yeah. Yeah. Breakout breakout stars of this show that mm-hmm. I. Now, I know I watched this show. I, my mom and I watched this show when it was on because, yeah. as you said, I, I believe it was on in between two other shows that we liked. And it was fine. Yeah. It was mildly entertaining. There was nothing wrong with it. Yeah. I, can, I can't tell you a single plot episode or, yeah. or plot or anything about it. Mm-hmm. But it lasted for eight seasons, to your point, Jeff, because it was good enough. Yeah. Good enough for the sponsors. It was kind of taxi meets cheers in a, a term airport terminal. It was like right? taxi light. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It had one of those sets too that was so um it became like a very classic sitcom set where you had multiple things going on on the sa- like you had multiple businesses operating at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you had whatever the whatever the Yeah, Sam Piper Air. San- there you go. 
and then you also had like a coffee shop and you yeah. also had you had all these little elements that could have everybody play at the same time right that you'd later see on like the john larroquette show where the, it was like set in a bus terminal that was basically the same thing it was like the john larroquette show if wings was taxi light then the john larroquette <laughs> show was wings light that's that that's da- talk about mm-hmm. damning with faint praise yeah. right there so I just have this on here because the fact that this thing ran for eight, this there was nothing structurally about this show that should have had it last for eight seasons. It really was a beneficiary of real estate. And it, that's it got what, a what do they call it? They it's the, the bump. The bump from the previous thing. Okay. Yeah, we yeah, got the lead in or the yeah. the lead out. Yeah. And it kind of was it was the sandwich. Yeah. And that's why it was on the air for eight seasons, essentially, which just blows my mind. I would say that I think this looking at this cast, when people think of Cheers or think people think of show like Friends and some people did mention Friends uh, in the crowdsource and I will be dropping some of those. It is a cast that I look back and I think they all had feature film careers or other TV careers and some of them in comedy and some even in drama. If you I think. I think all of them were also attractive and nothing objectionable about any of these people necessarily, your main cast. And I think that's true with Friends. But I would say the comedy chops are un- underrated for some of these performers. Oh, sure. Yeah, because if it was lightweight uh, from a content standpoint, you just these people were so... Uh, affable. A, affable, yeah, yeah. That's a good word, I yeah. think, affable. I don't think any guys had a crystal maybe had a crystal bernard poster up on his wall <laughs> but but she, but she any, was nice to look at or did <laughs> any ladies have a tony shalhoub yeah. poster yeah. up on their walls yeah. who knows i don't know that's I up don't to know. you but but yeah I, I there's nothing wrong with friends yeah or with wings yeah it's just that it's eight years right really yeah who who does think it yeah who is the person that was clamoring for the Wings box set that contains all eight seasons? Oh, yeah, I wonder. Like it mu- it, this must exist out there when there was the big DVD-ness of the yeah. late 90s, early oh, 2000s, yeah. when everyone was like, everything's got to get onto it. Yeah. Your goal was to get to a DVD box set. Yeah, I bet it was like a lunchbox or metal <laughs> like or like or shaped like a plane or something yeah. like that yeah. or carry-on. Here's my proof for Wings. I'd never see it on syndication. Yeah. On Nick at Night. Or yeah, it's just you don't see it. You know, a show that ran for eight seasons from the '90s, which is prime. Mm-hmm. This is you know nostalgia for the '90s time. You would think that that, that this would be on Nick at Night at like eleven thirty at night, but I, mm-hmm. I I don't know that I don't believe that it is. Mm. Also, when you hear podcasts advertising for Hulu and all the amazing content of all the shows of yesteryear that you can watch and catch up on, and oh my God, you can go back and you watch. Uh, you can watch. He-Man, or you can go back and watch Cheers, whatever it is. No one mentioned Wings. No. Wings box set, Mm -hmm. available on Amazon for $27.87. That's a pretty good price. That's like, you know, only a couple of bucks per season. $3 a season for Wings? $3.50 per season, something like that. Yeah. Hey, (laughs) can't beat it. Want to go in on one? I get get the odd seasons, you get the even seasons. Done and done. All right. (laughs) Winfield, what is your second choice? Uh, I hate to say it, but The Simpsons. Okay. Also on my list. All right, then you each get, I don't know, I forget how we do this point thing. Double points. Double points, double points, because uh, we had a lot of folks who were mad at The Simpsons. And now that's <laughs> an unprecedented story there, because is it not the longest-running television show or animated television? It's the longest-running television sitcom, for okay. o- and it's been on for over 30 years. It okay. hasn't passed Gunsmoke yet? Gunsmoke wasn't a sitcom. I know, but that's what I'm saying. It hasn't past Gunsmoke oh, yet? I, I believe it did. I don't know. They were about Gunsmoke to... Gunsmoke was radio, too. For the Simpsons are about to come back for whatever, if it's 30 or 31st yeah. season, and they're about to have their 666th episode, which is their Halloween episode, Oh, perfect. come out on Halloween. So they, they know what they're doing in terms of timing. Yeah. But this is a show that I was such a fervent admirer and consumer of. For that the you first invented the word fervent. <laughs> for... <laughs> For like the first decade. Yes, yes. And uh, then... Tattoo on your arm, like sure. dyed in the wool. Yeah. Then fell off. Or it, it was one of those shows that I kept watching for another five to seven years and just didn't laugh at. Yeah. And you then kept became, laughing thinking that it would somehow get better. Yes. And, and the problem was, let's say season 12 to 14, there would occasionally be a good episode. Yes. Enough just to kind of keep you 
yeah. sucked mm-hmm. in. I think Simpsons. So I would like to uh, name check some of the uh, very, very awesome um, online responders, the people on Facebook that responded to our crowdsource when we went out and asked, what show do you believe the television show uh, has been on for far too long and why? These folks uh, uh, responded. Joe Dungan, uh, he was the first person to bravely step forth and say, Simpsons, fight me. Uh, Troy Tatsko, without a doubt, The Simpsons, guesstimating around 14th or 15th season mm. is when. That seems about right. Isn't that insane, by the way, that yeah. we are, how lo- that's how long the show has been on the air, that we're like, it's oh, been, only the first 14 yeah. seasons were good. Mike McGallan, Simpsons. And now, at some point, I think it's interesting to speculate why that's even possible. If were it not to be animated, these people would be decrepit, like, cryptkeeper-looking versions of themselves. Sure, you, you all would, the kids would have aged out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Marge has always sounded like Marge, so, you know, Julie Kavner doesn't have to do too much to change her yeah. voice over the years. I'm at the stage now, I have, I have two big things going on with me right now. One... I want the show to go on for forever now because yeah. I want it to go into like fuck you mode. Yeah. It's like we've been on for 32 years. Guess what? Here's another 10. Yeah. And just be like, why not? It's an animated show. It's the staple of the Fox network. Yeah. It is the one. It is not if it is like the most iconic cartoon mm-hmm. in the past 30 years. Literally, they've just they've just ever o- they've just owned the space. Yeah. yeah. Ever for probably. so long. Um, but also Disney owns fox yeah. now yep i am super excited well for my child to see a bunch of disney stuff on disney plus yeah but i'm super excited to watch the simpsons again on disney plus on disney plus because they're all going to be out there i'm really excited to just start plowing through them from yeah. the ones that i remember from when i was a kid to all the stuff that i've missed and maybe my opinion of this will change maybe mm-hmm. just going through it and being like you know what maybe i was just a cynical 20-something-year-old. Yeah. And then I let all of it overwhelm me. So I'm now excited to watch season 27 that m- might not be very good, but maybe it's actually better than I think Who, yeah. Who's watching The Simpsons right now? That is a good question. It's not people our age, because yeah. I think universally people our age have kind of have the same sort of reaction to The Simpsons. Like, oh, it used to be great. Yeah. Yeah. I follow I follow like a Simpsons screen cap thing on Twitter that just posts like a random screen cap, mm-hmm. but it's only from seasons one through nine. Yeah, yeah. like that I, is that is the age. I would say. So is it is it millennials who are like, oh well, we're watching it, but we're really watching the newer mm-hmm. episodes, or are people who are coming up enjoy finding the Simpsons when they reach a certain age? Are they also going back and watching the? How does it probably episodes? have an international footprint? So it probably has a global audience. Oh, sure. They have all the episodes that are dubbed in various languages. I would also say Fox, of all the things, so now that it's gone away from entertainment and into an institution, uh, Fox knows it can't cancel The Simpsons because the public outcry of people who haven't seen it. It'd be like saying, let's close the library. A million people would say, no, we can't close. And then they, they would ask, when's the last time you were in a library? Oh, I don't know. But don't close the library. I think that feels, I think that feels very accurate. And yeah. now that Disney owns them, yeah. it feels like they have just so much more money to just be oh, like, yeah. well, uh, it'll just go on for, I, for forever. I, I think what Disney also does they is, also re- oh, go ahead. is um, make people care about intellectual property that they've stopped enjoying from an entertainment standpoint and making them embrace it from an iconic standpoint. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think that, so yes. That might be, they might kind of Mickeyfy mm-hmm. these characters, um, find some way to put it in front of people, which, which now that it's in, I think now that it's in Disney plus, and now we don't have to buy box sets. Now that we're not watching the repeats that have been trimmed a little bit to add extra commercials. That's the other thing. Yeah. It would be very interesting to go back and watch a Simpsons episode that originally aired in 1994 yeah. that I have this memory of that I saw originally then saw it on yeah. rerun, but you know it was twenty minutes instead of twenty-two minutes. Yeah, and be like, I don't remember that joke. The I don't C- remember this thing that I could have only seen on a box. Yeah, set. I didn't know Abe got a harmonica in that. <laughs> in the oh, lobster harmonica. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I just wonder if with the Simpsons, if it if let's say next year's season was in theory the first season of the Simpsons, mm. like it had like. Like, we all collectively had our, our memories wiped of The Simpsons. 
and the first season, the thing we saw was season 31. Yeah. Would we look at that and go, oh, this is not very good? Or would we go, we just got yesterday'd. Yeah, is mm-hmm. this pretty, this is really pretty good. Yeah. I got to say that they've outlived the memory, not only the things that they satirized, but the memory of those things that they satirized. So when the Simpsons are there, it was kind of a middle finger, a very kind middle finger, or yellow, <laughs> yellow middle finger. I don't know. They only got on four a four fingered hand fingers, yeah. to some things on television, like Letterman. Like Letterman was kind of uh, giving a view askew to some things on television that just that he outlasted. So True. Maybe that's why. We are at the halftime of this episode of the Mount Rushmore of TV shows that went on way too long. Uh, but you know what? We're digging in our heels at the Mount Rushmore podcast. We're going to be around for a long time, and we could use your point of view on what we do for future episodes. If you'd like to get in the conversation about topics that you would like for us to discuss, uh, please go to Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and let your choice be known as to what topic you would like to hear Richard and Michael debate. And you may actually get into the dialogue yourself Previous. Listeners have suggested topics, and they ended up being guests on the show. That's not a requirement, but it could happen. And we'd also like you to do us a solid. Go back into the vault. There it is. <laughs> Our good old friend, the vault. The wooden door vault. And uh, download, rate, and review some past episodes just for good old good time's sake. You can hear back when Richard and I and Michael were... Young, going through puberty, our voices changed during the whole time. Before of the show. we replaced Richard with a different version That's of Richard. Right. <laughs> hey guys, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, it's just our good friend Richard, not any kind of new Richard. I'm Ted McGinley. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the voice of Richard. Oh, no. The Mount Rushmore oh, podcast. Oh, well, yes. You can go back and see all the permutations of the Mount Rushmore podcast and see our different hairstyles and the crazy clothes we wore back in the 70s and stuff like that. <laughs> Do that. Um, but uh, uh, while you're doing that, give us five stars because you know you want to. And we are back. Richard, what do you got? MASH. MASH. One oh. of my favorite shows of all time. That's a great, great suggestion. It's a great show yeah. and ran for three times as long as the actual Korean War. Oh, it did? Okay. So, yeah, 11 seasons. Mm-hmm. And maybe could have gone about, I don't know, eight seasons. Yeah. Would have been great. They could have stopped after that. Yeah. I have a, I, I am a big MASH fan, and I mm-hmm. have one of those big, like, kind of coffee table type books about the show. Yeah. And they're talking to some of, they talk to, they have interviews with a lot of the writers and people yeah. who had been on the show for a really long, or the behind the scenes people. And they start talking about, like, right around season eight, season nine, yeah. they started literally running out of plot ideas. Mm-hmm. This is a sign the show needs to go away. Yeah. They, they, there were times where they would start doing an episode. They would write it, go through it, start shooting it, and then someone would go, oh, wait, didn't we do this didn't basic do this? plot point in season three? Wow. Oh, well, too late now. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that's a sign that maybe you've been yeah. on the air a bit too long. That was one of those things that, um, uh, was it Family Guy, or not Family Guy, it was uh, uh, South Park would eventually make fun of in terms of, oh, The Simpsons did it first when they would start to write an episode and realize that the Simpsons had already done this mm-hmm. and that they're like, oh yeah, this has already been it. This idea has been something that the Simpsons have done. I love the idea that MASH did it with their own show. Yeah, they yeah. they literally couldn't get out of their own way. And and they would start getting, apparently they would get suggestions for at plot points or episode ideas from actual former Korean War mm-hmm. doctors. And they'd have to say, well, no, we already did that one. Thanks for the suggestion, Thanks but we already did we that. Did it. Ken Levine has a great blog and podcast. He does, yeah. yeah. And talks about MASH a lot. And it seems like that was also a great show for writing teams. I mean, Larry Gilbert aside, but then there were really good uh, groups that wrote as a team that kind of developed their entire career. I think it doesn't doesn't hurt when you're on a a high-profile show like that. Then you can build your make your career off of it and then go off to another show or something. And you had this idea that, you know, Alan Alda went from being the star, but a star out of an ensemble yeah. cast. Yeah. So by the end, he was bigger than the show. Yeah. I mean, he was directing episodes, writing episodes. Mm-hmm. He had all the. He was the one who basically pushed it from this kind of comedy that had sort of dramatic elements to really more of almost a dramedy. Yeah. By the end. Yeah. And sometimes I think that happens on these shows where they 
they kind of get tired of having the same type of show the whole uh-huh. time. And it's natural for a show to transition, I think, a little bit over the course of, a, of its of its run. Um, but I think whenever it starts to become fundamentally different than what the show was that you originally loved. Yeah. I mean, the, the, you watch the first couple of seasons of MASH and you watch the last couple of seasons and the tone is just wildly different. Mm-hmm. And they started doing all those sort of kind of avant-garde sort yeah. of like one-off episodes where yeah. like it, you're seeing all their dreams. It's a documentary feel. Or it's, it's a... like from the perspective of a soldier who's yeah. in the ER. Um, like my dad who was on MASH. Was he? he played, Whoa. Whoa, I didn't know he that. He played some sort of, you know, like a guy in a bed. Yeah. That's about it. Did his British accent stand out? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Or did he do it with an American accent? I gotta, I'll, I'll gotta find it. It was probably he was probably played a British, yeah, RAF, yeah, uh, officer who was gunned down. <laughs> and this, you know. So I love Mash. This is again not yeah. a knock on Mash, but eight seasons that probably would have been pretty yeah. good. I'm fascinated with Mash and Alice as two shows that came from dramatic uh, films sure. by Raging Bull auteur directors right and became these just just comedic bubblegum confectionaries and altman hated the tv series did he i i could only imagine yeah he thought it was just basically you know taking this serious work that he had put together about the serious sort of you know critique of of vietnam and just turning it into like a wacky sitcom yeah Altman turns to Mad Magazine. Let's see. Through. <laughs> Mush. Mush. Oh. Right. You got it. Ooh. Never <laughs> saw that one come Nailed him. <laughs> oh. Okay. Winfield. Uh, my third choice is American Idol. Wow. Which wow. is a show that was about talent. It was basically a singing competition. Mm-hmm. However, you really tuned in for the people that were judging the people on the stage. Oh, okay. I think it was a show less about because a talent competition and a singing competition isn't necessarily that interesting. Yeah, it was really about watching Simon Cowell just be a total a hole yeah. to these people and Randy and, and yeah, then yeah. Randy be there with this kind of like milk toast. Uh, I don't feel you, dog. Sort of mm-hmm. comments, and yeah. then Paula Abdul was out there in her kind of tepid. Yeah, uh, you know, milk toasty. Yeah, kind of just. <sighs> Paula. Mm-hmm. But the show was about those three. Mm-hmm. And they judged people and told people that they thought they were good or not. Yeah. But right around um, 2009, it was on for maybe seven or eight seasons. They changed. They added Kara um, DeGuardi. So she was like whoever this person is. She was like the fourth judge up oh. there. And then the next year, um, Paula Abdul left and they added Ellen DeGeneres. Mm-hmm. And that after that season, Simon left. And I think those sorts of changes, when the people that you turned in to watch the show, really, sure, they had a lot of great singers that came out of it and people that went on to have, like, pop success and music success. Yeah. But it was really about watching Simon Cowell. Yeah. And when he left, they continued on with the show as if people wanted to tune in to watch Randy Jackson. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anybody really <laughs> tuned in to watch him. You know, they would bring in uh, Steven Tyler and they'd bring in Nicki Minaj and they'd bring Katie in Katy Perry, all these different people that were like famous people, but you don't, you're not there really to watch those famous people. You were there to watch Simon be like a total asshole yeah. to these people. The Ellen DeGeneres one is the weirdest one because mm. she's not a singer. Yeah. What does she know? What does she know? Yeah. She knows how to, Dance she knows awkwardly. How, she knows what she likes, and you you know American Idol has spawned all these other different types of shows, especially one that like Simon Cow- Cowell went on to do, which is like the X Factor. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? And now he's on America's Got Talent. America's Got Talent. So like all of these different things that you tune in because you want to see him be awful yeah. to people for their talents, yeah, or lack thereof. Yeah, it does seem like on both sides in the open auditions, it's a. Uh, Freak show, car wreck. Well, that is an interesting thing, whether to watch the show, you know, to watch it back when it first came on in, what, 2004, five. Sure, it's your pick, so I don't know. I can't you remember exactly. Mm-hmm. When the show originally came out, you know, they had a bevy of people that were auditioning that clearly shouldn't have yeah. been. And the focus was definitely on making fun of these people. 
I don't think a show like this would come out now. Yeah. Well, it's funny. In in our current, you know, more aware and woke and accepting kind of nature of entertainment and be like, oh, yeah, let's not put this person that's not very good on. Mm -hmm. Did Disney renew it? I I think they they brought it back on NBC or ABC, right? Yeah. ABC, I believe it was a few years ago. Yeah, it's ABC, yeah. So I knew when Disney was bringing it back, it was going to be less about the freak show and more about a talent show. But I think that that show really probably could have ended when Simon Cowell left, and it still went on for another Mm -hmm. four or five years before they were like, okay, well, I guess there are all these other talent competitions that feature him that's that's not us. Yeah. What's sad is like, well, Cowell, Cowell has in these other Got Talents and Fact, not X Factor, but Got Talents have uh, kept the TV variety show kind of alive because that's that's used to be you could turn on the TV in prime time and see a guy juggling plates, then a tap dance team, and then a singer, and then a celebrity, and then Emily and I have been watching uh, live TV for the first time in forever since football's back on the air, <laughs> and like Felix is a little bit older, so he can kind of run around and play and kind of tune. He doesn't. Oh, he does not care about watching football. It's not interesting at all. It's all like, good boy. Can we just put on <laughs> my neighbor Totoro? And we're like, okay, that's totally fine. But like seeing commercials again is weird. And seeing commercials for The Masked Singer, another yeah. pseudo talent show with just famous people in dopey costumes. It's like, uh, how many how many of these things are there? And then you realize there's half a dozen that's on at all times. Yeah. Uh, Manfred, is this your last one? This is my last okay. one. Uh, so we talked about Ron Howard in the uh, context of Happy Days. Yeah. I'm going to talk about him sort of subtly, pseudo or a little bit, in the context of the Andy Griffith show. Oh. Oh, I thought you were going arrested. Okay. No, no, okay. no. That could have, well, no. I, I, I remember thinking that could have had more seasons. Yeah. Then they did more seasons. And I went, hmm, maybe they should have left it where wrong. it was. Yeah. yeah. But no, the Andy Griffith show. Yeah. Uh, ran for, I believe, eight or nine seasons. Mm-hmm. Um. And by the end, really didn't have any. Most of the most of the characters were not there anymore. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so let's see. By the end, Don Knotts had left, mm-hmm. replaced briefly by Jack Burns. Yeah. Uh, which went over like a lead yeah. balloon. Oh yeah. Um, let's see who else. Oh, Gomer Pyle had left, replaced by Goober. Mm-hmm. Um, Floyd the Barber had had his Vidal, stroke. Vidal Sassoon came in to replace Floyd the Barber. Floyd no, the <laughs> no, that would have been an improvement because remember, Floyd the Barber, the actor, had a stroke. That's right. About midway through Louis the Earl Spencer. Yeah, yeah. We, we've joked about this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, Andy. Hey. Hey. Opie, come run your ha- hair into my scissors so I can give you a haircut. <laughs> yeah, when when you when you're when you're stuck putting yeah. cast members with severe, you know debilitating conditions on the air. Yeah. This is also another sign that the show might be running a little long in the yeah. tooth. Um, but again, a, a great show and one that um, CBS felt like they couldn't get rid of mm-hmm. because it was such a, a powerhouse from a rating standpoint that yeah. even after Andy Griffith left the show, they couldn't let it go. Yeah. Which is why they transitioned it from the Andy Griffith show to Mayberry RFD. Mm-hmm. A, it was a direct. It wasn't even like a spinoff. They basically just renamed it, renamed it and yeah. had Ken Berry up there and yeah. said, oh, everyone will love it. Because there's no difference between Andy Griffith and Ken Berry. No. Literally same the same talent. Same, exact. Um, yeah, just a show that was, and I think was certainly a, a, a time capsule of a certain era. Yeah, and I think by the by the time the show's run ended, you know, comedy and television had kind of moved past it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that from that standpoint, it was definitely a type of show that probably could have stayed in its time capsule. I mean, there's a reason why CBS, after a few seasons, wound up canceling all of the the Hasty shows. shows. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was a show whose time had definitely come and then probably gone by uh-huh. the time it left. I think there was a purposeful desire to attract a higher end sponsor or um, advertisers by canceling their hayseed shows and becoming a more sophisticated network yeah absolutely yeah. they were the tiffany network the tiffany network but yeah. yet they had yeah mayberry rfd and yeah. uh, petticoat junction and uh-huh. all these rural type yeah. shows yeah which is interesting i, I find that fascinating because it seemed like it kind of the rural version of the shows when uh uh laugh-in was so successful then hee-haw came out right which i think might have been been in syndication 
though. And it was on yeah. CBS. Uh, no, actually, it was on CBS, and was it was it? part of the Hayseed okay. purge. Wow. And okay. then, it, then it went into syndication. Yeah, wow. I, th- I think that's fast because I think that's some of the best television there ever was, that the original ending. Oh, sure. Show. Yeah, and I think of forming a young Ron Howard sensibility from a storytelling standpoint. Like, every show had some kind of message and it had a pacing that was kind of unprecedented. It almost felt like it was left over from a radio drama where the morality came at you in this almost like time release capsule. <laughs> you didn't realize you were being hit with a moral of yeah. the, the moral of the story until the very end and you're like, oh wait. Yeah. They're actually saying something yeah. here. I, I read a book about Andy Griffin <laughs> and oh my God, for as as paternal and fatherly and laconic as he was this book was all about the orgies he to go have on this private island. Are you sure you're not talking about a face in the crowd? <laughs> no, Is not, that the no, book you not, read? No, not the Kazan thing, but yeah, that's so crazy. Yeah, the guy was messed up. You know the show, the show ran too long when like Opie at the end had grown up and was like sticking up people and yeah, shoving right. knives in their faces yeah. and, and his dad had and, to throw him in jail to get him cleaned up and set straight. And be, Opie, what are you doing with that Shut gun? Up, Otis had cleaned up and was running a rehab center in the town. Okay, Winfield, your last choice. Uh, Saturday Night Live. Oh, wow. That's a controversial pick, for sure. Purely selfish reasons. I no longer want to stay up till 1130 at night to watch some kind of mediocre, tepid uh, skits. Most of them are not very good. Yeah. Um, I do not want to pay have a Hulu subscription on top of my Disney Plus subscription. And I realized I only had Hulu so I could watch SNL the following morning. And quite frankly, the best episodes are the ones that uh, happened uh, when I was in high school, like everybody. D- depends on yeah. d- d- what, whatever your high school whatever was. Whatever your high school yeah. experience of SNL, that was when it was the best. But to be fair, ours was the best because it had Phil Hartman. Oh my God, it was so the, best. the best. That's the best. You know, it was so good. You know, Adam Sandler, so funny, and uh, Dana Carvey and Mike Myers. This was the best. I've kind of, you know, I, I, have, I don't envy comedians in the era of Trump and. The era of it this. has been a long four years on yeah. SNL, and maybe that's part of it. Where it's just like every show opens with the same sort of Trumpian, uh, you know, cold open sketch about the latest thing that yeah. he's done. And I'd spent an entire week already predicting the jokes that they were going to make and that have been made better on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And you're just sitting there, just like, oh, they're going to do a dumbed down version of this and or an over the top. Or they're going to choose an angle on this that is so. Yeah. There's a funny way to get in through the back door, but then said they just go right through the open front door. Yeah. And like, maybe it's also just getting older and just, I I can't, I just can't, I I can't stay up to watch this thing that used to be like the thing that we stayed up to watch anymore. And I don't, and it doesn't feel like it is as instrumental a springboard for talent to the next generation of people that we're going to watch mm-hmm. on movies. And like, that's what, you know, it mm-hmm. felt like that was this thing. And maybe it's just, maybe it has, maybe it's still happening, but maybe I just don't care about those people as much. I don't know. See, I, I would say this about SNL, at least in the modern, the way things are today, how I watch SNL is I don't watch it, mm-hmm. except <laughs> if someone tells me, if I hear from multiple people, hey, there was one really funny sketch last night. Yeah, sure. I can go to the NBC.com website and they've got the individual sketches up. And I'll just catch it a week later whenever they make it, those sketches public. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's how I catch it. This show also feels like it is being held on by the Lorne, by Lorne Michaels. Yeah. Like this is a show that will ultimately change. Like the way it changed after he left after five years, it is a show that... Now, you know, for 35, the last 30-something years that he's reclaimed it and that has made it, like, part of his identity or that is so infused. You know, it's almost like, Richard, um, uh, what's the guy, this is so stupid, uh, Mr. McMahon, that would sit at the... Vince McMahon? Yeah, that would sit at, like, the gorilla position Uh and just, like dictate everything that was going to happen. I mean, I think he still does. Oh, yeah, he's still screaming into the announcer's ears as they're trying to commentate. But Lorne is definitely in, like, the gorilla position for the show. It feels like that whatever he says... 
goes. He still has. Yeah. So, it's it's still driven by him. His, his, his seventy something year yeah. old. I would speculate. I would speculate that he is both what's killing and keeping that show on because what the stunt I love to see happen is the guest star appearance. So if you see Ryan Gosling, you know, with his shirt off on a unicycle, you know, yes, on, you know, you're not going to see that anywhere else on television mm. there. And nobody does that unless Lauren Michaels says, come do this. So I, if he were to leave, we, I don't think we would see the star power on that show uh, that we would before. But since he's staying, he's, his cronyism mm. is keeping that show lukewarm because he's got so much at stake uh, in terms of maintaining relationships. He's got other shows. He's got... I know. He produces half the shows on like yeah, late night as well. Yeah, he has seated kings in positions in late night television and he's got advertisers. He's he is the joke where Wayne uh, Campbell is got the Doritos bag, and he's doing the product placement. Mm-hmm. That's that show. It's it's got too many um, ties into industry, <laughs> and it's joking that it's it's being that it's it's. I don't know. I I think that's the problem. You know the thing about SNL is there. It used to be like there were certain things you could count on with the show. One of them was that Weekend Update would be really funny, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's not anymore. It's, uh, I will say that like mm. we watch it through when we were watching it. We'd watch it through Weekend Update, and usually it was the, the guys are pretty good. They're not, as, they're not my favorite two mm. anchors, but they're, they're not bad. You I, could have stopped at not my favorite yeah. for me and okay. quit of that. And then the, the other thing is it used to be a, one of the few places where you could see potentially your favorite acts do live music. Yeah. Oh, and, that's a good point. And yes, every once in a while they'll have St. Vincent on or yeah. somebody that I care about. But 95% of the time, it's the latest pop app. I just it's, love, a fa- it's a fast forward I would, for us. Yeah. I would do a whole Instagram <laughs> of Don Pardo saying faded band names like, And now, the Ting Tings! Crash test dummies! Crash test dummies! <laughs> yeah, because yeah, that was always in the intro. You'd Ladies have to do it. You'd have to do a duo. You'd have to do the intro, yeah. and then you'd get you know you get whatever guest. actors you know introducing them right in yeah. the middle, standing up and being crash test dummies. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, that is the uh, uh, list of choices that Michael and Richard have for the Mount Rushmore of shows that wait on way too long. And now I would like to thank our some of our uh, online submitters and list off some of the things that they mentioned. And I will say that two of these choices are going to be the right choices because they are crowdsourced. And the crowd is always right because this is the Roman Coliseum. I love that he's just punting. Yeah, Richard's throwing the big thumbs down. And a tiger is being released to scratch his There are some generalizations. Any soap opera, said Lori Kessinger. And uh, now there's really only like one soap opera, so that doesn't even matter. Uh, Some also people said... um, uh, any show that has been on the air for more than three years. And that actually made me think about uh, how we've discussed in the past um, shows on the BBC in which they really have a limited run. It's sure. Maybe it's 12 episodes. Or also, like, uh, a show that is on our list to watch, but, like, Fleabag, which yeah. is, like, two seasons, and she's done. Yeah. She's like, this was the show. This it was, was the show. two seasons. Yeah. Do not think that we're coming back. Yeah, I had a point seven. A and I wanted to get it to point yeah. B. Yeah. And we got it there and we're done. Yeah, because the BBC is paying for the show. It's not like Colgate. Uh, Zoe Sanford said that uh, any show past three. And there are a few other reality TV suggestions. Uh, Real Housewives was one that uh, Christy Patterson, Veach, and. Not according to your wife. Yeah. Uh, Whoa, <laughs> it almost sounded like <laughs> It sounds like something weird, but I really just meant that every time we come yeah. over to the the, illus- the luxurious Mount Rushmore podcast studios, right. otherwise known as Jeff's Garage. Oh, it's always on. Yeah, it's yeah. always on in the living yeah. room. Juliana Prophet McCauley uh, mentioned Big Brother, and some other folks did mention... Um, the other some other reality things yeah, I didn't actually think, I didn't think of a game show that survivor been, yeah, yeah that been price is right would have been one yeah mm-hmm. i think uh, a good choice some very funny uh my good buddy paul preston uh 60 minutes i mean come <laughs> on people and i think it's past its 60 minutes yeah, already don't CBS, you think guys the cbs evening news come on uh, i will say that the overwhelming call for um 
this, and it is going to be on our Mount Rushmore as The Walking Dead. So that is almost a depiction. The title, the title itself describes the show. <laughs> <laughs> it is dead, but for some reason it's still walking. Uh, Todd Weber mentioned uh, season 10 is being heralded as the That's Still On by most former viewers. Kevin Fox and Billy Stanek both mentioned The Walking Dead. Um, overwhelmingly, even more overwhelming than Walking Dead was Grey's Anatomy. That's on season like 19 yeah, or something. Season insane. 100. Um, oh, 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 no. Uh-oh. The, the time portal is open. For those of you who don't know, we have, a, we have a time portal here in the studio. And every once in a while, a president. Hello, everyone. This is your president for the last 400 years, Dwight D. Eisenhower. I address you from the cryogenic hyperbolic chamber in which I have been encased in order that I may be your president, Dwight D. Eisenhower. Of course, I'm a five-star general who helped plan the invasion of Normandy, which was a huge success. I created NASA and the interstate highway system. So if you want to argue that I should be president, go fuck yourselves. Okay? Uh, I am the 34th president of the United States. This is sounding like a book report, I realize. (laughs) And I'm happy that I am still currently the president I believe I am of the United States. Is that true, gentlemen? Okay. Just nod. Just nod. He's got the gun. Oh, <laughs> sure. He's got I, the entire military I, industrial I complex the behind entire him. Entire military. I warned yes. you of the military industrial complex. Yes, sir. You are still president, yes. sir. Okay. All right. Uh, that's good to know. Uh, I would also like to let you know that the D stands for don't you think I should always be president? <laughs> huh, didn't know that. Okay. All right, well, I'm that going doesn't to fit on like one of those forms that you fill out. Yeah, you'd run out of little boxes, <laughs> I think, if you had to fill that out the DMV. All right, gentlemen, wheel me away. <laughs> hey, guys, what's up? Hey, where'd you, another weird thing is Jeff, <laughs> for some reason we can't figure out, he can't be in the, time por- in, in, in the room when the time portal is activated. He gets too queasy. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I'm very sensitive as to I, time as, portals. Time portals. I understand time displacement works is Jeff is displaced to the time period oh. in which the uh, oh, yeah. our visiting present because you ca- you can't it's like a pop in space you know you take one out you got to put something back yeah. in there so Jeff what was it like in 1958 crazy times it was when um, you w- during t- <laughs> yeah, did you tell him that Andy Griffith show was going to run a bit too <laughs> long oh, yeah should have warned them oh I warned them all. Uh, yeah, I warned them all. You know what I God, said? I got to look up and see if Dwight Eisenhower was present. I said this polio stuff, you know, it'll be the last major disease we ever have to deal with. So don't worry about yeah. eradicating. Once, once, we, once we get vaccines, we never have to worry yeah. about vaccines ever again. Yeah. 1953 to 1961. Got it right. Oh, in the my sweet God. Spot. And this new television thing, that's how you should pick one of your presidents in the future. Yeah. Whether they're entertaining on television. Okay, so, oh, okay. So, um, Grey's Anatomy, did I mention that? Yeah, you did. Yeah. That okay. Thing, yeah, but right before uh, you danced jumped. around it. Yeah. Well, I jumped. What are you talking about? You guys are really mad at me right now, so I'm just going to make it quick. Okay, Grey's Anatomy, um, Holly McBride, Jim Babcock, Brent Dyer, uh, Melissa Gallo, Harp, says Grey's Anatomy. Of course, she says she still watches it, though. Um, She's part of the problem. Typical yeah. woman. Yep. Uh, Mar- also, my father-in-law watches Grey's Anatomy, so I shouldn't say that. Charlotte Hanna. Sam Hain, they all mentioned it. Some other cool mentions. So Grey's Anatomy is on the Mount Rushmore. Chink, 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 chink. Okay. Oh, oh we can't say that. Um, wait, a st- wait, a, wait a second. So these viewer points are getting yeah. on there now. So, so Walking Dead and Grey's Anatomy. Walking Dead and Grey's Anatomy. Okay. Uh, these are not on the Mount Rushmore, but... Um, non-scoring Non-scoring. Choices. Bob DeRosa... Uh, made a really interesting comment. Our, a couple people, our good buddy Bob, who's been on the podcast, uh, mentioned the X Files. And when I think about it, it's another. That's Solid, a Fox, right? That's a good choice. Wasn't that a Fox? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, and that's another one where the lead left and they decided to keep yeah. plowing through. Which is funny though, because I feel like another comment was Supernatural. It's been on for like twenty years now. So there's another thing that was a monster of the week. That's the wings of fantasy <laughs> yeah, shows. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So it almost feels like those kind of carried over for each other. Um, 
our buddy Adam Felitz and Mark Taylor and Nick Condon uh, also uh, mentioned, oh, sorry, Adam Felitz mentioned X-Files. The Office was an overwhelming, you know, once the lead leaves, the guy who was in feature films, the guy who was the comedic center of it, leaves. Um, the, uh, the Robert California character and episodes were not bad. He okay. had such an energy to Don't them. Don't know that one, yeah. It's... um. Uh, what's James his name? Spader. James Spader. Okay. And he was just weird. He's he just was just weird full and... on James Spader, and it was delightful yeah. for a season or so. Uh, I will say uh, my good buddy Jeremy Cohen mentioned Game of Thrones, which I think was almost a uni- universal kind of thing where we wanted to see it, but we didn't want it to end that way. I think people wanted it to go on longer. I think, think people thought it ended too soon. Yeah. Yeah. Like it rushed. Yeah. To get the to get stick the landing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'll say our good pal Fawn Foster mentioned Walking Dead and also the, any of the Housewives shows. And, um, but then Lost was a big thing there. People were saying by the last season they didn't care. They just wanted them all to die. I think Lost... And they did, spoiler L- alert. Yeah. I what? Think Lost had a issue where it didn't know what it was doing from season one. It was unclear where it was going from season one, so it felt... There was very meandery for like mm-hmm. a lot of it. I don't feel like they had a point a, a point B that they were necessarily going to. Yeah. So then they just kind of got, well, they got lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ma- on, Richard. Michelle Kiewig, Robert Thurmond, uh, Margaret O'Hara mentioned lost. And I want to announce what I think are the winners, and that is The Simpsons. Uh, and also I want to choose um, The Simpsons. I get one more, and you know what? Screw happy days. So happy days. Okay. So this has been the Mount Rushmore of shows that went on way too long, and I want to thank all the people out in the Facebook sphere. What's wrong, Richard? Should have done Joe Rogan podcast. That would have been. Oh. A sh- that's a show that's <laughs> gone on far too long. Wait, he's here. He's gonna kick your ass. <laughs> You well, got me in a triangle no, choke. No, but he's 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 stoned. He's gonna forget it's all happening. Okay, this has been the Mount Rushmore of episode of Satan, Satan, Satan. And my name is always Jeff. I'm Richard. I'm Michael. Say that.